All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. We are here. We are here for our second ever podcast. We did it. We did it. We made it to number two. And what's really exciting about this. I've got to make number two actually while we're at it. So let's make this Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. That could be a good topic for one of our podcasts. This is number two. And we have come since number one. We have come up with the name. Kai, would you like to reveal the name? Sure. Uh, Drum roll. I will insert a sound effect. Fresh talk. Fresh talk. Simple. Easy. Fresh talk. The, the best our two minds could do is fresh talk. We apparently. actually came up with fresh cast, but apparently there's about 75 techno podcasts called fresh cast. God knows what else. Too. Yeah, exactly. So at any rate, so we're going to go with fresh talk um, and because that's what it is. We're talking about things that are fresh, that are fresh, fresh subjects. And I always like the word fresh, the old school 80s hip hop. Uh, I love old school 80, 80s hip hop slang. Um, fresh was huge. Death. Death was, was good. Death was Remember good. Remember when Death got put into the dictionary? Yeah, that was exciting. And then it got taken out, and it's crazy, man. Yeah. Why, do, why do they do that with the words? Once no in, just make it. It's, it's a word. It's a word. has no A in the Death. It's just Death, D-E-F. When it got put in, then uh, Rick Rubin had a big party, and he had a, he he put a coffin and buried it with the dictionary with Death in it. And uh-huh. It's pretty, yeah, because that's death, pretty death, in many ways, was Def Jam Records. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, well, we're already on a topic. Old school yep. 80s hip hop. Let's get let's get focused on point here. <laughs> Our first podcast, because it's the month of October, we were talking about horror movies and we went from the very beginning, the genesis of horror movies. We talked about the universal horror movies. We talked about the old European horror movies. A lot of people probably got halfway through that podcast and said, this is some nerdy shit. Um, but that's okay because we promised we would finish the horror subject. And for those of you that do love horror movies and that are still here with us and interested in podcast two, we are now going to do horror movies part two. We're going to go to the color horror movies, I assume, because we really don't have much past the universe other than like the early Vincent Price House on Haunted Hill, which is badass. True. But we should probably move on. And also, if this was the 1950s, uh, Kai just said colored horror movies, which would have a <laughs> totally different meaning. We'll You've get to Blackula. Very racist. Yes, yes, and Blackula. So um, there is a lot to talk about because obviously we focus on the universal stuff. Let's jump right into it. So when last we left off, the universal golden age of horror was coming to a close. Creature of the Black Lagoon was was the end of that period, the end of the classic Universal movie monsters. And then what happens, folks, what happens to horror movies is the sci-fi horror movie comes about. The nuclear age has begun. You, the atom bomb. Twilight Zone. Yeah, Twilight Zone. We're starting to get into more of the wacky monsters and sci-fi. Uh, aliens. Aliens. UFOs. Moving into a lot of stuff like that. You know, we're, I mean, man's landing on the moon. We've created the atom bomb. There's a lot of fear about where technology and science is going, and that is reflected in horror movies. It's not about a scary monster made of parts anymore, a man turning into a wolf. We're starting to talk about, um, you know, nuclear freaks, mutants, the the amazing... 50-foot woman. <laughs> Attack God, of the 50-foot woman. Godzilla. Godzilla is, you know, radioactive waste Absolutely. from a nuclear explosion, you know, and that's kind of where they went. And a lot of them were cheesy. We really did go through a cheesy, cheesy period of horror and movies. And B-movies really come about, too, in this era yes. because of sci-fi and also because of limitations where – you can't it was very expensive you know it's not like the classic ones where you can rent you know build a small set and frankenstein is has two sets and that's it you're talking about spaceships and all these Mm -hmm. things that are expensive to build so now they're 
you know, Ed Woods coming on the scene and using plates yeah. and things and, are yeah, getting people cheaper. Are, you know, it's, making che- it's almost what's happening and in many ways. And the movies are making less because the genre itself is getting... And the drive-in has begun, which Absolutely. is very important. People are not necessarily going to a theater and watching four movies in a row on a weekend on, you know, you know the government cheese. You know, the, the people are now drive. They have cars. We're this baby boomer. We're yeah. talking about the baby boomer. And they don't World War II is over. Yeah, they and there's a lot of money in this country now. Absolutely. And people don't really want – they want escapism, but they also don't want the heaviest plots because if they're going to the movie theater, chances are a lot of them are going to be teenagers yeah. that want to try to touch a boobie or make out or whatever they're very doing true. those days. We're talking about teens going to movies. So they need to be able to pay attention and go home and talk to their friends about this movie, but they need to be able to, you know, take a little booby break and still follow the plot. So things are changing. Very true, very true. Um, so drive-ins were big. Sci-fi is big. It's the baby boomer generation. There's a lot of money. People can afford to go to movies. Cheaper studios are making cheaper movies. The indie film has begun. Yeah, you didn't need to be a big studio yeah. to make a film. It's actually, in many ways, uh, similar to what's occurring in the movie and music industry now of people. The technology is becoming so that smaller people can make smaller productions and you can make records cheaper. But I digress. Another subject for another time. So these movies come about... And we're going to kind of skip over the sci-fi-esque stuff because we're talking about horror here. So for you, when does horror kind of reemerge? The classics are still the classics, yeah. but they no longer scare people. They're more novelty. And it's, it's as you're saying, in the, in the baby boom generation, the post-World War II. During World War II, it, it starts to fall apart because, again, people don't want to be scared. People yeah. want to be uplifted. They don't want to think about these horrors. So it starts to come along, but you know, Vincent Price is a huge part of what starts to happen, and he becomes sort of this baby boomer, the first horror star of this next generation. Agreed. A guy that's known for that. He doesn't... He's a great actor, and he's a trained actor, but he's not going and also doing these big studio projects on the side where he's doing the Ten Commandments. He's... He found his niche, and he's taken it off. And, I mean, House on Haunted Hills, probably the sort of, you know, paramount Quintessential of, of Vincent Price that, film. You know? And we're also talking about color. Vincent yeah. Price was kind of the first ho- uh, horror store. He made store the transition. In, co- in color. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, there are a couple uh, movies with Karloff that are in color, mm-hmm. but it's really towards the end of things. Yeah. Vincent Price was primarily in color. So he, and there was also kind of a, almost kind of a slapstick kind of, essence to some of the Vincent Price movies. They were very campy and he campy, got, campy he got in right bed word. with a lot of like Roger Corman and these people who were making these smaller budget films and that you know the Roger Corman thing was a little bit later but it's this drive-in culture it's this B movie it's where you're not trying to make a dramatic horror movie. Yeah. You're trying to make a fun movie, a popcorn movie. Yeah. But they're great. I mean things like The Tingler and House on the Haunted Hill, these are classic yeah. classic movies. And I find myself with horror, I'll go through different phases. I'll go through a phase where I really want to watch the Universal stuff, then I'll go through a phase where I want to see some of the Vincent Price stuff. So, Vincent Price is happening here, let's say in the States. But then over we go back to the people that originally sort of brought us horror movies. Here comes Europe and basically in the form of England and Hammer Studios. And to me, that's when horror kind of started to get scary again. And and gory. This is where gore becomes a part of horror as well. And Vincent Price is doing this over here too with Mm -hmm. some of the Corman stuff. But it's the same. They're... And Corman when we say gory, folks, we're not talking about what you get now, but, but this blood was in color. This was blood in color. Post-Psycho, you know, we're talking yeah. not – because, you know, Hitchcock, there was blood, but it was still black and white. And think about how shocking that was yeah. and how many people that freaked out True. at the time. And those are very psychological. Yeah, we're absolutely. moving back to – so 
uh, talk about Hammer a little bit. It's a studio in England, and I think it's 58 or 59. It's, yeah. it's right before the 60s, so it is, it is very early. We're in color here, but they come out with uh, their version of Frankenstein, and they revive the character, the Universal Movie Series, but they do it in a dark, dark, gothic way that people had never seen Frankenstein before. And it scares a lot of people. Absolutely. It becomes a huge international hit. And suddenly, Hammer Horror is basically the new Universal. And they go wild. I mean, they are knocking out horror movies every six months. And sequels. And, I mean, but even not like unrelated sequels, but they take that Dracula and Frankenstein mm-hmm. thing and they go far with wild. it. Wild. I mean, you and I were counting recently on the phone. Which goes to show you what type of nerdy conversations exactly. we have. That's how we but ended up here. They're up to like six or seven yeah. sequels. You know, and so, so these. But what you have to know, if you don't know these Hammer Horror movies, and we really recommend you see them, because if you checked out the Universals based off our recommendation, you saw the black and white and the sort of classic feel. These Hammer movies still have some of that, but Frankenstein doesn't look like how you think Frankenstein looks. Dracula doesn't look like Bela Lugosi. The Mummy doesn't look like the Mummy. They have their own spin on it, and it is scarier, if you will. And, I mean, Christopher Lee is, as Dracula, he's so much more animated. You know, Belagoski's very, you know, he's about the looks, and he's he's quiet, and he's creepy, Mm -hmm. but but Christopher Lee is, is... yeah. acting. I mean, so, he's in your face. So now the two stars of this that you, people who are listening to this may be familiar with that come from Hammer Horror. If Universal gave us Karloff and Lon Chaney and Lugosi like we spoke about, Hammer gave us Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Who were both in Star Wars. Yes. So Amazing so, enough. so you may know them because... Uh, Count Dooku is Christopher Lee yes. from the new movies. And Grand Moff Tarkin was Peter Cushing. <laughs> Grandma, Grandma, that's one that will that's one for the uh, Star Wars podcast. Who, for those of you that when don't know, takes <laughs> over and does an eight parter all on Star the Grand Moff Tarkin is in the f- in the f- very original Star Wars, A New Hope. He's the one that's it, when they're sitting around the board meeting in the, on the Death Star at the beginning. And, you know, Darth Vader walks in and he, he's the old grizzled one that sort of questions when they're all kind of making fun of him as this old sorcerer. He's the old one looks like a skeleton. Gotcha. Yeah. Great yeah. scene. Um, and of course, um, he is the uh, the the white wizard in Chris Lord Lee. Of the yes, Rings. he is Sauron. S- uh, yeah, Sauron. Sauron. Um, so I mean, this guy's done about eighteen million movies, but he started in these horror movies. And, and from that he's time actually period. been in a bunch of Tim Burton movies now. Tim Burton has taken oh, yeah. him along too. He probably would have taken Peter Cushing too, but yeah. Too, true. And Tim Burton out. obviously was a hardcore fan of that era of horror because Vincent Love Price Hammer. was in Edward Scissorhands. Absolutely. Last role, I believe. Yeah, you know? it is. So, so Hammer Horror comes along. These are neat movies, folks. And I, myself, have only recently kind of been introduced to these. It was I knew of Hammer Horror, but I, but I didn't really dive into it. And when I did, I just went nuts and was watching all of them. And they're gothic and they're creepy. And again, you have to keep in mind at the time, if you watch these now, they may not necessarily scare you you but they did for what audiences had in universal in the 30s and 40s this did for audiences in the late, late 50s, 50s early 60s, 60s yeah. early 70s yeah these you have to take it into movies. context though i mean these are you know the blood alone is something that's yeah. really just not happening in a lot of movies yeah. especially movies that are going into theaters it is the point. blood really when yeah. you come down to it you know when dracula bites the girl's neck red blood streams down and you didn't see that and it streams it's not just a little couple of red dots yeah. i mean she when they shoot Frankenstein in the first yeah. one, fr- this 
weird creature is gushing blood. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty gory for, for, for its thing. So they go nuts. They, to me, keep the horror movie genre alive, and they bring it through the 60s. They held it down in the 60s. But, you know, again, with Roger Corman and Vincent Price and those people doing their things here, because they're doing the exact same thing here. I mean, Vincent mm-hmm. Price is doing every single Edgar Allan Poe story you could ever imagine <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as these drive through and they're great. Yeah. And they're same thing. They're dark. They're re- I mean, uh, you'll take... You but know, those films have that 60s feel. Totally. Even though, you know what's Absolutely. funny? You know what I love about I mean, those? It's, it's the hair, though. It's Vincent the Price's hair. hair gets bigger and bigger yeah. as... You can tell which era of a Vincent Price movie it is by the height of his hair. Yeah. There's a direct proportion. <laughs> totally. Um, there, it's very interesting that you say that with hair because I find one of the flaws of a lot of 60s and 70s movies is you can you know when they were shot because of they just the sideburns and the volume on girls' hairs were, was they, they they so you're in Gothic times technically it's the 1800s and it's Frankenstein but Peter Cushion is rocking he's got like uh, a pompadour yeah he's got a pompadour with with burns he's yeah. looking like Elvis and yeah you see that in a lot in a lot of films that just the 70s really gave it away you know it's in true. a lot of ways whereas sometimes you can see a movie from the 50s and not necessarily place it and I feel the Absolutely. same way about like the 90s and the 80s I'm not talking about period pieces but I'm talking about you know the way haircuts are even today you know like I'm looking at uh, our engineer over here John at Archive Studios she's yet to make an appearance you know but um, he's got the type of haircut that you could throw him in the 1930s 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s movies and not know because he's just got a straight haircut you know which is kind of bounced back but in the 60s and 70s nobody had that haircut so if you had hair you you styled you were rocking yeah you were rocking in some large fashion (laughs) yeah totally and I always think it's funny to think of those actors in those movies in the 60s and they get offset and they're listening to Hendrix and like twerking weed you know what I mean that's so funny and with the like and you how did none of them have headphone hair because the headphones in those decades are also huge yeah totally totally like you imagine like uh Poor hair and makeup people are probably constantly having to fluff up people's yeah. Christopher Lee hair. getting offset, dressed up as Frankenstein, like, you know, let me hit that ball, son. You know, it's like 1967, you know. <laughs> Listening to Iron Butterfly or, like, Kareem. Yeah, totally, totally. You got that new Iron Butterfly <laughs> track. Um, so, um, okay, so there we are. So that's the 60s. Now, this is where w- things get really interesting and where – the 70s this is where the game is about it gets changed. real and much like society after the 60s you know there there's free love violence is more rampant people are more desensitized to these things and the culture it clashes that are film. happening between the you know the hippies and the normals mm. and the you know all of the race tension that's guys happening. start I mean, making a lot films of violence happening that don't feel beholden to the old model they're okay to try and literally scare the shit out of you they're pushing the envelope the envelope becomes pushed because what? they can do it on their own because mm-hmm. of this precedent been set of like you know what a studio's not gonna I, I have this script that's I think people are gonna react to but no one's gonna give me money to do it so fuck it yeah. I'm gonna do it myself I think what happened um, before we get to slashers because that's obviously the bulk yeah. of this but there is a period in the early 70s of uh, horror movies but they're the supernatural Absolutely. demon possession movies and you know what we're talking about The Exorcist yep Changed everything. The granddaddy. That was the one. I mean, that had an X rating. That had an X rating before it came out. I mean, that still is a terrifying film. Um, And obviously, there's a whole genre that followed that. But that movie really said, whoa, 
we can scare somebody to a whole new level and make it and and it's taking the context of these horror movies but it's setting them in very real situations this isn't frankenstein set way back in these other times it's not this vampire somewhere else it's a little girl that starts off very normal and by the end of it she's you know ramming across that is a brilliant brilliant point and that's a major point of what happened to horror movies you just hit the nail on the head it used to be stuff that took place in the past and suddenly or in a far s- off land, you know, in a far off land, or yeah, you don't live in Transylvania, you, know, you live King in King Kong, you have to go to this mysterious island. Yeah, you live in Hoboken, you live in yeah. Poughkeepsie, you don't live in Transylvania, you know. But um, what's crazy is suddenly with movies like The Exorcist, the terror, the scariness, the demons, the possession, the evil is taking place in the year that you live in a place that you live and people on the screen look like people you know they don't look like they're from the 1800s talking with a different accent and that made those films terrifying and you know what else was a huge part of this too is rosemary's baby uh, yeah yeah yeah, you took it out of my mouth that that rosemary's baby and and the exorcist and those are affluent people those aren't even just average people those are both wealthy families Mm -hmm. very wealthy families that are caught up in these stories yeah exactly so it wasn't a bunch of backwoods goobs you know satan got a lot of love in that era yeah. i mean yeah they were playing it ushered in the satan thing and also yeah. that had to do with manson and the satan stuff that was happening there and yeah. anton lavey's coming on the scene and people getting freaked out by this yeah kind of stuff. and I, I also think he, there was a real turning um you know getting very philosophical but like religiously speaking if that's a word um you know there was a lot of people kind of moving away from the old sort of puritan 1950s catholic christian Huge. absolutely religions they're backing away from that and then suddenly there was a fear from the people that still believed in that in a big way of the devil being still a real kind of a real concept so when you saw the exorcist you're like that shit could happen and my hippie pot smoking son who doesn't go to church anymore (laughs) exactly you know there was an element of that so so exorcist is huge really changes the game um through the 70s it's such a glory period for film and i'm sure we're going to do podcasts out the out the you know on film a lot but Moving into, and keep in mind, folks, we're not just going to do these podcasts about film. We promise. We're going to talk a lot of music, a lot of chicks, but we just (laughs) wanted to start with something that we felt good about. Um, uh, We're going to talk about musical chicks. It's going to be great. That's a good one. Yeah, that is good. Good. Dory Amos. Um, Anyway, uh, so we got, um, then comes slasher films. Okay, now move. There are going to be a genre where people just get fucking killed. They're for the hell, for no reason. Yeah, and we're not even talking about demons involved. Now yeah. it's just ain't no demons, people. ain't no st- just crazies, yeah, crazy motherfuckers killing people. Where to you does that start in a big way? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, it Boom. it changed it. This is a movie that Boom. was w- yeah. was. Freaking people out to a whole nother level. I mean, they were having to hand out vomit bags. People were cr- leaving crying, and yeah. people were throwing up. People were having panic attacks. Supposedly, people were having seizures. I mean, the the legends are legendary. Yeah. And, but and and that movie was seventy four. Yeah, five, five, four, four. I think. Four. So we're Maybe talking came very out early seventies. And this, I mean, Leatherface conceivably is the first. Basically, um, what would you say? Kind of the the mask wearing psycho. Yeah, I it mean, all started there. Yeah, we're talking about this is before the first Nightmare on Elm Street, before the Friday Thirteenth, before the first Halloween, which are the big three. Yeah, but this was the 
the start beginning of it. And, and, and if you have never seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And You're a fool. Y- you, yeah, and you want to be scared and you want to be freaked out. That was the movie, and we've talked about this, that scared the shit out of me as a kid. It was the one I couldn't get through. I could watch the freaking Jasons and Freddies all day, but something about that movie, it's so raw. It looks like a documentary. It does. You look like you're actually watching it. It's got that 70s raw feel. And, and it's, it's done so cheaply on, like, you know, handheld cameras and just in the sun and this old film. And it's it just, so advanced. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it is, it's, it's, it, it's and a it groundbreaking film. Be, beyond horror. It starts know. with that, you know, saying, you know, basically setting it up like it was a true story. It was marketed originally like th- that. It was the original sort of Blair Witch thing, too, yeah. where when it came out, people truly didn't know if they were what if they were. If this was a true story, it yeah. was completely marketed like it was a true story. A true story. They just came out and lied and said yeah. this is a true. They story. They took a little bit of the Ed Gein story in terms of a guy that made shit out of people's clothes but out of like skin. Enough. I mean a, that little fact yeah. and and the mom thing, and they turned it into this yeah. and said based on a true story, which yeah. is enough. But yeah. it freaked people yeah. out. And and I still think that there are moments in that film from the very opening shot in the graveyard and that Absolutely. freaky creation and the sounds. Oh, it, uh, it's high pitch. It, oh, it's man, it's and creepy. the end when Leatherface is running down that highway and the sun setting. It's actually a very beautiful piece of film. Absolutely, I mean, but it is freaky. I it mean, is and you're freaky. Toby Hooper. I mean, made a career. You know, yeah. I mean, he was someone that went on to do things with Poltergeist and big movies. Yeah. But that was. That was oh. it. I mean, it's epic. It's freaky. It's weird. It's amazing. It, it's all those things. But if you've never seen it and you want to just be like, and it, it leaves you with a creepy feeling. And uh, you know, some movies scare there's you, no but redemption some movies make it. you feel just creepy. There's no redemption. There's, it's, no, there's yeah. no reason for any of it. It's just bizarre. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, we could probably do a whole podcast on that alone, but we got to keep moving. Obviously, that's your favorite. Yes. And you have a you have a leather face tattoo. I do. It is from the second movie, which is it's hard to say, which is my favorite because the second one is just ridiculous and campy, but mm. it's really fun. But it, I mean, yes, I do have a leather face tattoo. Yeah. That's your guy. That's your favorite. Absolutely. Is that your favorite horror oh, yeah, character? That's period. my favorite horror movie, period. Period. That's the number Hands one. Hands down. Oh, it's heavy. So that happens. Then the next one that comes. Now we're getting into the characters. Now we're getting into the people that everybody knows. The slasher. Now we're even getting into the proper slasher film. Yeah. Halloween. Abs- I mean, John Carpenter, same thing. Makes a movie for cheap. Boom. Mm-hmm. That movie scared the shit out of so people. Sc- same thing. Scared me. Yeah, and that's that's our new mask guy, Michael Myers. Halloween, you know. No story, just a guy with a big knife and a creepy mask. Yeah. I mean, dr- straight up out of uh, the book of Leatherface. I mean, yeah. that mask alone. Yeah, just, just super creepy, super awesome. I think that that movie holds up incredibly well. Absolutely. Incredibly well. I mean, that's just a well-done Film. And that's one where they doesn't the people don't look too dated either. You know, minimal sets. I mean, yeah. you can still go to the house in L.A. and visit the house, which is awesome. Yeah. But it's just a neighborhood. It's it's creepy. That's a a, a masterful movie. The fact um, that the second one begins exactly where the first. Yeah, I one, love the second. Me one. too. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that it's just the the end scene. It's just like one long movie is just brilliant, and, and that changed things too. And Donald Pleasance is such Incredible. a good actor. And yep. one of the things that you start to see is you start to see better actors in horror movies. Sort of in their twilight, they're kind of getting ready to, ret- you know, they're not mm-hmm. acting a lot anymore. But but, but, but they, they add these such a class to performances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can, I mean, again, people may think we're I mean, crazy. that's kind of started in The Exorcist. 
Yeah. If you think about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But, I, I mean, somebody like Donald Pleasance in that first Halloween should have won a goddamn Best Supporting Actor. Absolutely. He's incredible. Yeah. You know? Launched a career of Jamie Lee Curtis. You're starting to see a lot of young actors. And this still happens to this day. But the first features you can get in are cheap indie horror movies. And you still see it all the time. All the time I'll go on IMDb and some actress that I saw for two seconds in something was in two or three ludicrously cheap horror films. And I think for an actress, it's got to be an interesting way to sort of show your acting chops because if you're the star of the Survivor Girl or whatever one of these, you have to go from being just a girl and Mm -hmm. you're you're happy and you're fine. Maybe showing a little booby. By the end of it, you're absolutely terrified. I mean, you show such a range. (laughs) You really do. I think for a real, if you're like an if you're a good actress, it's a way to show an entire career range in yeah, it's tremendous. In one tremendous. So so Halloween and happens. The John Carpenter's gone. now big, you know, and he does the fog. I mean, now he's doing, and this is a also, lot of these directors launch off. That's of what films. what's starting here now. It's these directors now are making names for themselves instead of being like the old days where a director, you know, you, some a director who would direct a horror movie and then a drama, and he would work for the studio. Now you have guys that are just like, this is my thing. I yeah. do. I'm John Carpenter. I'm Toby Hooper. I'm Wes I Craven. Do I do horror movies. So now we're about to hit the two biggies. So Halloween opens up this slasher genre of just the random killers. They kill teenagers primarily, and it becomes a whole genre, essentially. Teenagers running from a maniac. This, this in the 80s was it, man. Like, if you were growing up in the 80s, these are the type of films that you went to the movie theater with your girlfriend because, and I will say for various reasons. Number one, your girlfriend gets scared, hops in your arms. You get to see some crazy kills and be like, oh, that's so gross. And they were trying to outgross each other. It became about the kills. Mm -hmm. A strange thing happens. Suddenly the story is out the window, and it's almost these slasher movies are about how creative are the kills. And people become – And the special effects. The special effects. Tom Savini and these special effects houses now, they're they're famous. I mean – They're like in an arms race to outdo the violent kills and stuff. So initially at first – it was a – Michael Myers stabbed you with a knife, really, a butcher yeah, knife. Yeah, absolutely. Then all of a sudden, here comes Jason Voorhees and Friday the 13th, which sets a precedent of killing you different in every single film. Yeah, you know? and the, you know, the kills grow and get crazier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they do develop a tiny little backstory, but the amount of plot – her kill in those movies gets less and less. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll remember one time on tour when you and I watched them all and actually counted the number of kills in each one, uh-huh. and it grew to a certain yeah. point. Yeah, totally. So so I, myself, was a Jason Voorhees man growing up. I know you were more of a Freddy man. I was, but, but I loved I mean, well, again, Yeah, I love both, loved but both. I mean, I just, just, I mean, I was a nut as a kid for this stuff. So just as I discovered the universal horror stuff when I was really young, it certainly led, just like a gateway drug, to the slasher films Absolutely. and your mom would be disgusted and you'd rent them in secret or you'd trade them at your buddies and i mean i have early memories of hanging out with my friends and i always mention vinnie campanile but the summer of horror where we just watched every single movie in the vhs store yeah and i think a lot of kids had that experience yeah, the same thing know? local video store you know they had a horror section i don't know what it probably and it blew your mind how many they were because we're also talking about not the birth of the sequel of course but we're talking about sequel overload yeah overload and you you know, a studio would put a little bit of money into the original. It would make a little bit of money, so then they'd put a little bit less and do like a straight-to-video sequel, which is also where this all changes because now 
videotapes and VHS tapes, you, watching videos at home is a whole new thing. You mm -hmm. don't have to put something in a theater or a drive-in. Mm -hmm. Now you can make something and just put out on a tape, and the costs are getting less and less yeah. now. And that's another great point because now horror movies are becoming something that are predominantly watched at home on VHS as opposed to the screen. Now all these movies, these big ones, are going to the screen. Yeah. But now you can watch them and watch them and watch them and watch them and watch them again. You know, And the, and the cheap like, ones are yeah. kind of starting to move – Right to video. Things like Ghoulies that maybe the first one got a small theatrical release, yeah. but now, but there was a cult falling for it. So now you have Ghoulies two and Ghoulies three. They're going straight to so the many video. We could so many awesome. Reanimator, Motel Hell, Reanimator. I just watched that the other night. Know, it's great. Uh, uh, um, uh, Phantasm. Phantasm. You know? That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of these weird random ones. So we got we talked about Jason, of course, and those are still coming, as we yes. all know. Um, and then of course the other one that I think you could make a you could make a very valid argument that it is the biggest horror slasher character freddy krueger nightmare on elm street yeah he becomes a star yeah and it's because okay so jason's got the hockey mask which is iconic but freddy's got the fakes he's got a glove of knives he's got a red and green striped sweater and a hat Always all of these yeah. things are you can take one of these things in the mid 80s and put one of those things on a screen and Nine out of ten people in the room are going to know exactly what you're getting And at. there was not a kid, a male kid, on earth in the mid-'80s who had any interest in horror that didn't want that glove. Absolutely. That glove was the single—that was like Michael Jackson's beat it glove. No. Freddy yeah. Krueger's knife glove. And when they first started making the toys, the dress-up dolls, yeah. there was a rush. Oh, I yeah. I mean, you know, every—there was the one Halloween where every single boy was Freddy Krueger. And the know? gloves were big, and they didn't fit little kids' hands because, yeah. obviously, how do you justify marketing, like, for a child-sized hand, a razor knife <laughs> glove? Love that's made yeah. of latex. So every yeah. little kid's going with these giant gloves on uh, their little tiny hands. And, and it's it, the big mask. And a lot of these kids hadn't even seen the films. It's true. You know, because the first one is very, very well, they, scary. They did like a. But then he becomes funnier. Yeah. They made him a character, but that made it bigger. But they made of a TV show that he hosted. Oh, so he was much. on MTV. And so they did all these things where you could sort of get into Freddy without seeing the movies. And so with the concept, because the TV show was scary, but it wasn't. It yeah. was terrible. But it wasn't violent. You know, like a kid could watch it yeah and you're right that's what kind of what happens is he becomes a character that kind of crosses over and at this point the 80s were a horror explosion i mean the slasher film went wild they start making you know? slasher movies for every holiday i mean you can go like silent night deadly night or christmas evil i mean they're literally it's like if they're making holiday movies that are slasher themed mm -hmm. It is big. Event movies. It's yeah, unbelievable. Absolutely. So, I, so the 80s are an explosion, and that's where it goes. And it does become cheesy. Almost in some ways how Universal started to become really cheesy because there was so much that some of those latter films, they're just pushing it. Then, then it becomes the battles, Jason versus Freddy, which is exactly what happened with the Wolfman. Yep. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Because the movies aren't making as much on their own because they really run out of ideas. So what do you do? How do you reignite that franchise? Mm -hmm. Put them both together. Yeah. And I think another thing to talk Boy, about, and we've suck. talked about, um, is that, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is nudity. Absolutely. In the 80s, it was very common. You know, there was a teen, you were going for the teen audience, and TNA sold big. So some people would go to these horror movies because literally you would get more booby for your buck. It's true. You know, Absolutely. the flat out reality of it was, is most kids saw their first set of boobs in a film 
in a horror movie. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I mean, you know, you're taking something like Friday the 13th, it's set at a lake. Right. I defy you to, you know, find a, one of those movies where someone doesn't go skinny dipping. Yeah. I mean, I actually dies. once I became older and that some of those things were maybe a reality, I think I just uh, still living a life of disappointment because I thought it was a Friday the 13th movie where girls just naturally just get naked and run around lakes. Me too. And it doesn't happen. God forbid you get up to a lake with a girl. You think like, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is hop in that water and then you end up (laughs) swimming butt naked by yourself while this girl's like trying to get the fuck out of there. Totally. (laughs) Totally. It's unbelievable. I guess she knows she's going to get killed if she gets in there. I mean, I think we touched that. That's really threatening. I love how all these podcasts eventually descend into boobies. But the reality of it is, is that's where a lot of guys first saw that. And I did think that all teens did was have sex and get drunk and run from killer maniacs. Me too. And I was really disappointed that I kind of spent more time in high school running from killer maniacs than having sex with chicks. You know, I mean, it was so easy in the horror movies. The, the girls just got naked. I mean, that's just what happened. Like, hey, let's have a party. I'll get drunk. I'll get naked. We'll hook up. And the other thing I didn't realize is teenagers cannot be on film having sex so all these people that were pretending to be teenagers <laughs> now shit. i know <laughs> they were like freaking 30 when they were filming these things and i thought teen i had a real false sense of what teenagers look like absolutely when i got to high school and i looked around and everybody looked like nobody had boobies yeah everybody looked like kids i was like what the what the fuck's this all about yeah. i thought everybody was like playmates and shit you know so those horror movies really messed me up um on several levels but so the 80s are a glory period for the slasher flick. Horror movies are hot again. They're big again. There's a whole generation. And then – And big names are getting involved in these though too. I mean you got like you know Spielbergs and people dipping their toes in these things. Yeah. And that's like – I mean you, you have people yeah. that are credible that are trying to like yeah. maybe I should make a horror movie. So big. So, so uh, we're getting closer to now. But what do you think happened? The slasher movies went on overload. They just yeah. did. Um, and then the 90s come around. And I actually think horror movies had a little bit of a fall off in the early 90s. They did. And I think it was because the ideas were gone. I mean, it, 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 you, they had run the slasher thing to the, in the degree. Yeah. They had done the exorcism thing as far as the thing. problem with the exorcism thing is it's a great idea. But how are you going to – you can't do better than the exorcist. Yeah. You just, and they're no still one trying. Has, and they're, they're still, still trying. trying. And I've yeah. seen ones like The Conjuring recently that were yeah. decent movies, but it's just not as good. Well, or like Amityville, you can't do the possession thing. Yeah. The house, and then they I mean, started rem- – well, before we get to some of the remakes, uh, I think the one movie that held it down, and it kind of took a piss to, to appeal to our British fans out there, took a piss out of the slashers was Scream. Absolutely. And that Scream kept, that kept the genre big. alive, and it was good. And creative that first and Scream different. was so – that was the first horror movie I remember going to see it in the theater in Ventura here. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was the first horror movie in years that had blown my mind. Yeah. I was just like, oh, Me my too. God. Me too. That was, was a real great. That was a real revamp for the genre. And, and then then uh, there's a new, a new – Then comes reality sort of ones. this reality-based horror, Blair Witch. Blair Witch Project. We've talked about this, t- you and I, several times. The scariest the I have ever been in a theater was the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. I was one of the people that saw it right away. I was one of the people that didn't know much about it. I just thought the poster was very intriguing concept. Um, talk about getting sold on a log line. I saw that poster, and I'm like, I'm going to see that. Same thing. And I saw that in a theater in Hollywood, and there were people that did not know it wasn't real. And it's this true story. There was a woman crying in front of me, and somebody actually had to tell her that what she saw wasn't real. And this wasn't an idiot, mind you. Yeah. People thought that this was a legitimate 
documentary. Okay, two weeks later, the secret's out. Everyone's going to see it, trying to say, it's not real, it's not scary, you won't be scared. But Because there's a weird jock thing that happens when you say scared. Yeah. You know? And if you say, oh, that movie scared the shit out of me. And that movie scared the shit out of me. There's always one (laughs) asshole in the room that says, I'm not going to get scared. I'm not scared. And then they go there, and the whole time they're like, this is stupid. This isn't scary. Why is everybody scared? It's like, if nobody told you that it was scary, and you just literally walked into this theater and saw this, you'd be fucking scared shitless. But some people kind of put up a defense mechanism. It's a macho thing. I think some guys are like, I can't be scared. Absolutely. And those are the same guys that probably went home and slept with their light on that night. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't scared of that movie. movie was terrible. So dumb. Creeped me out. I mean, just just a masterpiece. And that ushered in sort of like, you know, it led the way for the Paranormals, which were huge hits. And I thought the first – Even things like Cloverfield. Was incredibly me too. Scary. I like all those movies. Honestly, they're, all they're good. good. Yeah, but man, I mean, yeah, that whole reality horror. So recently, in modern times, we've seen the reality horror. Um, we've also seen. We haven't seen so much the rebirth of the slasher, but they have brought. They've reinvented Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. They've reinvented Freddy. They reinvented um, Michael Jason. Myers. Michael Myers. They've they've kind of brought all these characters back, and, and they've been pretty good. They're kind of introducing them to a new generation. Yeah, the faster cuts. They're just modernizing them, and I get it. And kids working for kids, yeah. getting kids in horror movies, which is I cool. enjoyed. You and I went to see the last Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. at a midnight showing. I'd be willing to say that was one of the better slashers I've seen Me in a too. long time. I I completely agree with you. I, that was you know in fact yeah. I want to see that again. Now. Yeah, you know it's funny. I just rented it the other night. I'm gonna watch it tonight. Well, the lead girl now is really hot. Too. Agree. They yeah, always she was. Yeah, she's they always pretty, do pretty well. Those, I mean, pretty, usually what they do those I, Michael Bay ones were pretty tripey, but I mean, I'll watch Jessica be a wa- yeah. run around in water in a yeah. white tank top for an hour and a half. I don't even care. Michael Bay can suck it, but when he brought back those horror characters, the one thing he did is he raised the level of babe. Yeah. So, yeah. like, not only was the lead babe hot, but the two early babes that are going to get killed yeah. were hot. Like, there are, I mean, there are, that one Texas Chainsaw Massacre that he did, Jessica Beal, holy shit, she's yeah. in a freaking horror movie, but there's a girl that rolls with her in that. She was, like, the second girl or a redhead of some mm-hmm. sort. She is Gorgeous. Absolutely, and the girl that just starred in the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. dark, rough, beautiful girls. So that's kind of nice that the girls are getting pretty smoking in those flicks, you know. And they're they're still doing some good things on the indie front. I mean, there was. A I was just going to talk about the yeah. indie front because it's coming back. Because one thing about horror, it's like heavy metal. The people that are into it, people like you and I, will watch every single friggin' movie that comes out, good or bad, at least once. Because you like the genre, you like the killing, you like the violence, you like being scared. Most of them suck. But the cold reality of it is, is people will watch them and watch them and watch them. And the video store that I go to, Salzer's in Ventura, California, go to the new release section. 25% of those new releases are horror movies that you have never heard of. They're straight to DVD. Straight to DVD. They make money, though. They're t- I watched one the other night. It was horrible. It was co- homecoming horror, literally, something along the lines of that. But there was one. Or, there was a great actress in it. There's a girl named Lexi that really impressed me as a, as an actress, you know. And it was like it's a launching ground for a lot of these people, and they come out and they make some money, and people back them. So you know, the horror movie still exists, and I think guys like you, in wrapping a lot of this up, is we still look for the movie that's gonna knock us out. We look to have the experience that we had with Frankenstein as a little kid, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, with the first Halloween with um, Blair Witch Project, with 
scream. The movies that, because every once in a while, one comes and just punches you in the gut. It's true. And you look for that high. You look for that high of being scared. And there's still again. great yeah. directors out there making names. There's guys like Adam Green that did the Hatchet series out there. That's awesome. You know, Eli Roth. I mean, this is a whole thing we haven't even talked about. Look at Eli Roth. You're talking about like a big director, actor. Guy was in Glorious Bastards. I mean, yeah. that guy was in a movie that was nominated for Best Picture. And he makes horror. And that movies. dude made. Horror movies. Oh, yeah, I we mean, skipped over Saw. We skipped S- over horror porn in general, yeah. which is a whole nother genre that really helped usher that in was Saw and Hostel. Almost like the torture oriented Torture part. I mean, that's what yeah. they are. It's, it's you know, Saw, Hostel, it's not just a Human g- Centipede. Oh, yeah. I mean, these are movies that are still raising the bar. They're yeah. still trying the bar, to further yeah. things. The bar is being raised. And a and lot of it is the, the new things. just the pure. And, and I, you may like those more than I. That, I'm no. not a huge fan of, the, of like the. I like the Saw movies, but the plot, the story is good. And I'm same not a thing fan the, of the torture horror. The deaths where, are kind of cool in those. Like, listen, I want to see somebody. I want to see some girl take the top off, get stabbed in the woods by a hatchet with a guy with a mask. That that works for me. Hatchet's a great movie. Not in a sexual way, but that's what works for me from a film <laughs> point of view. Um, <laughs> that's that's where they use this clip of this podcast in a court case against me. You know what I mean? Did you ever say this works for you? Um, but. Uh, but some of these torture ones are a little just like, okay, I get it. This person's now going to die on screen for 15 friggin' minutes. Hostel was a little much for me. Yeah, like it's just extreme. But there's a market for it. Absolutely. There's an audience for it. And but if you haven't seen Human Centipede, I'm I haven't and I you, won't. I know all about I'm it. I'm telling you, man. I, I know. The f- See the first one. Don't see the second one because the second one's the same as the first, but it, you will question why you saw it. Yeah. I just – I remember when you told me that you were disturbed by it, and you have to understand for all of you listening, not much disturbs Kai. I mean I've yeah, seen yeah. Kai watch stuff and enjoy stuff and do stuff that most people would be like, you are a sick fuck. But that was Absolutely. one where he pulled back and was like, yo, dude, it's – you couldn't even explain it. You came in the practice room and were just kind of speechless. And know? they're making a third one. And I, I've been talking to my friend Carl about this, but, like, we're both going to go see this third one, and we're going to watch it once, and we're going to wonder why we saw it. Yeah. Where I start to draw the line are things like Last House on the Left and and I Spit what on Your was Grave. The, oh, the, the one that you always mentioned to me that I haven't seen is I Spit on Your Grave. You said that that was just a, a new – you and, said and it was these, just something. Both Last House on the Left and I Spit on Your Grave were made in the 70s. And, and got re- they have remade them both yeah, recently. They, I mean, they just remade And when they so remade much. them both, they, they didn't change a lot. And it was like I've seen the first ones. Why would I watch the second ones? But these are movies where they're about rape, like violent, violent, violent rape. And See, like rape it? revenge, and I just, Yikes. as a guy, like I went and saw the Last Sons Left remake in the movie theater by myself. Uh-huh. There were only two other people in the theater. They were two girls together. Weird. And I sat directly behind them. What were they? And they obviously had no idea what they're going to see. And I knew exactly what I was getting myself into. And I knew there was going to be a point where I thought it would be really funny. Uh-huh. And then about rape one in that movie i realized like i have done something horribly wrong and like these girls are gonna be like they're gonna be like how uncomfortable is everything right now when those lights came up at the end of the movie i beelined out of that theater so fast yeah i mean and what are you supposed to do because then you're caught in the crosshairs of them thinking you're a perv you can't lean in between them halfway through during a horrible sequence and say I'm not into this. <laughs> this I only paid to be here yeah, alone yeah. on a weekday. See, yeah, some of that's like, I mean, it's I, too much. I get the extreme thing, but shock 
for the sake of shock, I'm not into. I like shock because it's done well. But when it's like, we're just going to show you the most graphic fucked up thing in the entire world that makes your stomach and sick and a, you don't believe those in Those are it. revenge flicks. I mean, that's really what they're about. Yeah, but I it just, just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, that, Point that. being... They're still pushing the they're limits still pushing of what's it. decent, and yeah. they're still shocking. I mean, again, from, someone from who's Nosferatu, <laughs> yeah. scaring the shit out of people. Now we have basically like you know sadistic torture, rape-oriented horror, and I, whatever. I mean, there's somebody watching it. It's certainly not me. It's certainly well, it sounds like it may be you, but it's <laughs> you know, it's certainly not me. I'd like to say it's not me, yeah. but I've seen every one of those movies. Yeah, but but you do it because you're a horror fan and yes. you want to see where they go. Absolutely. But sometimes they just go somewhere where it's like, dude, you're simply doing this to gross people out and not gross them out in the good way. That was just, that was Human Centipede too. Yeah, it's just like we're gonna do something really clever. Fucked up. up. Yeah. you know, it's like it's kind of like um raunchy comedy, which I love and you love, and I'm sure we'll talk about. I'll take raunch all the way with comedy, but I still want it to be funny. Yeah, there's a absolutely. difference between raunchy comedy and raunch, you know. And there's a difference between I think horror that scares you and horror, like yeah. literally at the end of the day, violence, just just true, true yeah. horror. Yeah, I was just trying to make a point that the shit that really horrifies me is real life violence yeah. and terror. It's not fake blood on a movie screen, you know? That's supposed to give you excitement and shock and, oh, I got scared. You know, you turn on the nightly news to be horrified, you know? And I'm, I'm curious to see what, I mean, what is going to be the next good horror movie. I mm. want to see The Purge. I didn't see that, speaking of, and okay. I, I heard that was really good. Yeah, so for all of you out there who have listened to this, who have checked this out, who have stayed with us for two full podcasts about horror, we want to know what horror movies you like. Hit us up. Fill us in. If there's something you think we haven't seen, we're always down. We are horror fans, Absolutely. as you can tell. Hopefully, that was a wonderful journey for you. If you didn't know about horror, hopefully you now know something and you got the whole history and the whole run, at least from our simple perspective. We're not experts, but we can hang. We can talk We're a fans. little horror. Yeah. And if you have, you know, if you watch a few of these movies and you really like them and you're intimidated and don't know where else to go with the genre, hit us with a couple yeah. of titles Actually, that you like. Let's, and we'll let's, let's close on that because we did on the yeah. first podcast. We recommended our favorites. So let's talk about new school horror. When I say new school, post-Creature of the Black Lagoon. I mean, it's a big time period. Yeah. But give throw out five, ten movies that you think are must-sees. Cool. And with these, just watch the first ones. Don't see the sequels. But you have to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You have to see The Exorcist. You have to see, you know, in my opinion, I, I, I'm a Poltergeist fan. That movie I love. Oh. And that's more on the family lines. Take your younger brother to watch that. It's <laughs> not, it's, but it's cool, man. Um, you, and you have to see you have to see Halloween. You have to see Nightmare on Elm Street. You have to see Friday the Thirteenth just for the comparisons. I yeah. mean, that's not even getting into Scream and Blair Witch and yeah. you know. But yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Of course, um, I think if you're talking, uh, you have to see the first Halloween. You have to see the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You have to see The Exorcist. You have to see. I mean, but to me, some of the really the Friday the Thirteenth aren't that good. I would really recommend, per just personally, like three, four, five, six, seven. I think is the, Feel the like glory need, period. Yeah, I know the first one is not the best one, but mm. it you kind of need to st it, start with the second one because mm. you need that backstory. Yeah, but you don't get the hockey mask sense. till three. I know. You know? Damn, you need that hockey movies, mask. Man. Um, I, you know, I love those by all means. I think you should see. I also think you should see the first Scream. If not the first two Screams are yeah, really good. Yeah. Um, and some and try these new school remakes. The new, the most recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a lot of fun. The most recent Friday the Thirteenth is a pretty good time too. There's some good guys now making movies. Like I said, Adam Green. Check out check out Hatchet. It's great. It's a fun horror movie. There's um another one called Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon that sort of takes the piss out of the whole slasher genre, mm -hmm. but it's great. 
great. It's sort of a mockumentary. And then there's a guy named Ty West that made a movie called House of the Devil that's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. These are these are all have all come out in the last you know five to ten years, and they're incredible. Yeah. What do you think of the Rob Zombie flicks? Really quick. You know. They're fun. I want them to be better. Uh, me too. I want them to be better. I, I would say Devil's Rejects is probably his best one. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of like the only one that's like a decent movie. But I like them all. You know, the first one's cool, House yeah. of Thousand Corpses. But it's just, it's so Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. so, he tends it's to a real make pretty homage. derivative movies. And I get it. And they're, But they're cool. They're but fun. But he's keeping them alive. He's but keeping he's them doing out it. there. He's got a, the aesthetic. I the like look the first Halloween. Is, is I love I the look. I love the yeah. music. He does that really well. Yeah. The story's yeah. a little bit too Actually, the one that I haven't seen is that... Um, I think what's the Salem movie that he did? I haven't seen that I either. Seen it yet. I it looks have not either. Freaking interesting. That's a you know? you know good point. Yeah. So there's the whole point is these movies are still coming out. So folks, you have officially gone through our first two podcasts about horror. If you've gotten through these, thank you so much for listening. And the good news is we've got uh, many subjects to come in the, in the coming weeks. We're going to try and get one of these up every week. But, I mean, literally, if you want some subjects, hit us up. Let us know what you want us to talk about. But we're going to move out of horror. We'll give you a little break from that. And I think we're probably going to do a little music next yeah. time. November's coming up, so we'll probably talk about turkey. Yeah, totally. We'll, we'll, yeah. Football. Football. Oh, yeah, sports. I mean, we got so much stuff we're so excited to talk about. But we wanted to start with horror simply because it was October and simply because we felt that we could have a nice, fun conversation about it. So, Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will be back very soon. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. This has been Chris. Kai. And uh, Johnny Sweeves in Archive Studios. Hey, what's up? And uh, we thank you all for being and listening and checking it out. We're going to keep it going, and we're going to keep trying to make it better. And, uh, you know, thank you for being here and listening to us talk on the Fresh Cast. No! Oh, shit! <laughs> See, I blew it already. We want to say fresh cast um, on on fresh talk. You've been listening to f- 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 fresh talk. Fresh, 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 fresh. How fresh can you get? <laughs> that was a creepy one. <laughs>